الحمد لله وكفى وسلاما على عباده الذين استفى اما بعد اعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم ولكن ولكن جئتمونا فرادا كما خلقناكم اول مره سبحان ربك رب العزه عما يصفون وسلاما على المرسلين والحمد لله رب العالمين اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد Actually, tonight what I'm going to be doing is sharing with our listeners some notes that I was fortunate enough to get from a talk that my wife actually delivered earlier this week. And obviously because she's a woman, so her talks are not, you know, available for people to listen to. Uh, but sometimes... Uh, I, and I have to listen to the past also, I freely uh, confess that we feel that, mashallah, there are some important things that the wider listenership needs to be able to hear and uh, that the teachings also should be somehow recorded and transmitted and preserved for others to listen to as well, whether they are men and women. And this is basically a talk on the notion in our deen of what it means to be alone. And Allah SWT said in Qur'an al-Kareem, وَلَكَدْ جِئْتُمُونَ فُرَادَ كَمَا خَلَقْنَكُمْ أَوَّلَ مَرَّةً That indeed that you, I mean all the humanity and people, have come to us in Allah SWT فُرَادَ Alone, singly, solitary. In exactly the same manner in which you were originally created. And I wanted to explain this here. That here, Allah SWT is referring to our birth in this world. And when we're born in this world, we enter this world furada. Now what does it mean? Obviously when the baby is born, mother, doctor, and people are around, but the baby doesn't realize any of that. And when the baby first opens eyes or has consciousness or awareness entering in this world, they feel themselves to be entirely alone. And they feel even more alone because when Allah SWT created each and every one of us, it's not childbirth. Childbirth is not our creation. And conception is not our creation. Our ruh was created by Allah SWT billions of years before conception and childbirth. And when our ruh was created by Allah SWT, we existed in a state and we don't know any details about that state of existence except one. And that one detail Allah gave us in the Quran that Allah called all the arwah and addressed them with the question that am I not your Rabb? And every single root said Bala, yes Allah we affirm that you are our Rabb. So what does it mean? That all those billions of years we existed as a rule we existed knowing that Allah is our Rabb. We existed attesting to the fact that Allah Sallallahu was our Rabb. We knew He was our Rabb and we attested to the fact that He was our Rabb. Allah And that was an incredible existence. And it meant that, and what it means, by the way, is that oh, in whatever me and Allah knows best is the seal of that ma'na, that Allah Ta'ala was taking care of our root. Allah Ta'ala was nurturing our root. And when we are born as a child, we feel so alone. Because all of a sudden we have this body. The newborn baby has a body. 
and the needs of the body, although in an ultimate sense, Allah takes care of everything, but the needs of the body are taken care of initially for the newborn baby by the parents and the doctor. So the baby's just crying. Because all of a sudden it finds itself having needs that will not be directly below wasada, directly without any intermediary fulfilled by Allah Allah. So it starts crying. And in that moment, it finds itself to be so alone. And exactly the same thing will happen when Allah Ta'ala resurrects, and that's what Allah is explaining in this ayah, that you all will come to me alone, singly, solitary. And that's what the person is going to feel on the day of judgment. Again, they will feel all alone. You'll feel all alone. And, the, and this is a feeling that a person will have. And in between these two things is death. Death is the bridge between life and that day of judgment. And in death also a person feels alone. Now again, outwardly, apparently, there are people around us when we die. Allah, Allah, you know, a person may even end up dying in a state when there's nobody around them. But most people, their friends, family, spouse, children, etc., are around them. But in those last moments of death, in other words, when a person undergoes the act and process of dying itself, most, most, at that moment the person feels entirely alone. Because even though there may be people around them, none of them can understand what that person is going through at that moment. None of us will really understand what most is until we experience it our own self. Now, these three states, birth alone, death alone, and standing on the day of judgment alone, these are three universals, all right? But in another verse of Quran, Allah SWT explained another concept of being alone to us. And that's a very interesting thing, and that's the topic that we want to talk about tonight. Allah SWT said, قُلْ إِنَّمَا أَئِذُكُمْ بِوَاهِدًا Proclaim to them, Nabi Kareem, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, that I, Nabi Kareem, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, exhort and advise and call you to one thing, be wise, to one single thing only. <coughs> that you should stand up and rise and wake up and stand for this deen, for the sake of Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala, for deen, Allah, either in twos, any in pairs, and singly. In pairs and singly. So what does it mean? It means initially when a person stands on being, oftentimes, more often than not, a person has some companion, some friend, some advisor, some guide, somebody who did dawah of them, somebody who invited them on being. And there may be a long period in which a person is connected to Allah on being in such a way that they're dependent on that person, rely on that person, lean on that person, get support from that person. However, but the person must also stand singly and alone. It means that ultimately we have to have that level of yakin and firmness in our being that we can stand firmly on our own in front of Allah. We need both things. Then the Prophet said that, and Allah told us to say in Quran, you know, Allah told the Prophet to proclaim, then reflect. And the first thing to reflect, Ma min jinna. That your sahib, your companion, is very interesting because 
the deen calls the Sahaba Grand Sahaba, that they are the companions of the Prophet Allah Ta'ala told the Prophet in Quran to proclaim that he was the Sahib of the Sahaba. He is their companion. But that your companion, meaning meeting the Bikrim, he is not this that, you know, he's not crazy. There's no badness or praise that is afflicted him. But no, he's just come as a warner to you, and indeed you are on the very verge and precipice and brink of an extremely intense punishment. And if the Bhagavad system had not come to humanity, and humanity had not accepted being, and humanity was living in the age of Jahiliya, an age where they had left the teaching of the past prophets, except for a few people in a few pockets of the world, maybe have some semblance of true Christianity. Like the monks predicted the coming of Nabi Akrim Sallallahu Otherwise the majority of humanity had gone straight. So this is an important thing. We have to also have the strength, solitary, individual strength of being. Now what happens here is that individual solitude sometimes two concepts get confused. I want to first talk about that. The first concept is being alone, and the second concept is loneliness. And these are two separate things. Being alone is something else, and being lonely is something else. And so we want to talk about this first. Now, if you divide it up, let's just talk about being alone. Being alone means, let's just define that now as being without company. So, there's another option. If a person is not alone, but that means that they have company. That could be one of two scenarios, that they have good company or they have bad company. There's very little company, but I won't deny that that exists, but it's neutral. Neutral means that a company is not of care, nafa has no good or benefit in it, and it doesn't have any shot, doesn't have any evil, any harm in it. That could be called neutral company, all right? Neutral company then is irrelevant. That's what it means to be neutral. It bears no relevance whatsoever on our alpha and our deen, other than perhaps being a missed opportunity at having good company. So if a person has good company, not alone, and they have good company, well, then that's the best thing. You say, now Rasulullah, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, is reported to have said that being in good company is better than being alone, and being alone is better than being in bad company. And obviously, there are many, you know, this is a separate topic in, topic in of itself, but inshallah, maybe we'll discuss next Thursday, the benefits of good company. But today it's about being alone in a good way. The good solitude. There, it can be a person who's also in bad company, right? So if you're in good company, you won't be lonely. If you're in bad company, even though you're not alone, you will be lonely. You will be lonely spiritually. Your ruh will feel lonely when you're in bad company. So loneliness isn't always or only when you're alone. When you have bad company, you're in company, but the company's bad, you're not alone. But you will feel lonely spiritually because your room will feel alone. All right? Now getting back to the concept of being alone, there are different scenarios, circumstances in which a person finds himself alone. The first is um, that they're alone just by circumstance and not by choice, not deliberately. Now, this person will often end up in loneliness because the person has certain social needs, emotional needs, 
And essentially the rule needs the good company. And so a person who finds himself in a circumstance of being alone will almost inevitably feel loneliness, right? Then there's a second type of being alone, which is deliberate, not by circumstance, which means I want to be alone, which means I want to be alone. There can be two cases over here. The first is I want to be alone, but why? And it's a bad reason. I want to be alone so I can sin. I want to be left alone so there's nobody who can do my terbiya. I want to be left alone so my parents don't check me. My, there's nobody there to see me, to counsel me, to reprimand me. I want to be left alone so I'm unaccountable. Now, why do I want to be unaccountable? Because I want to do sin. means that I want to be alone because I want to be alone with my nafs. I want to be alone with sin. I want to be alone with Ghairullah. I want to be alone with dunya. This is a devastating, devastating solitude. And this is a false cure to loneliness. And again, the ruh will end up lonely, and the person will even end up depressed. And the person can even engage in self-destructive behavior, whether it's drug addiction, relationship addiction, exposing oneself, being dependent, overly social. A person can end up in all types of self-destructive behavior. So this is a wrong reason to want to be alone. And there's a second way that a person might be deliberately alone, any alone by choice, is I want to be alone lillah. I want to be alone lillah. And I want to be alone for the sake of Allah subhanahu for the sake of being. I want to be alone with Allah subhanahu Such a person, they will never be lonely. They won't have loneliness. So that condition of being alone without loneliness. In our deen, this is called halwa, to adopt seclusion and solitude. Why? For reflection, maybe for ibadah, for zikr, for contemplation and knowledge, to attain the marafa and kurb, deep, intimate nearness with Allah This is a type of being alone. And the last way that a person is alone is they weren't alone merely due to, circumstance, due to mere circumstance. Nor were they alone due to any choice or design of their own. Rather, they find themselves alone. Why? Because Allah wants them to be alone. And Allah wants them to have no one. Allah wants them to be alone. Now, again, there will be two scenarios. Either the person accepts this, realizes it, and accepts it, and this agrees and taslim and submits to this wish of Allah Taala and makes it a halwa lillah fillah, makes it a solitude for the sake of Allah Ta'ala, with Allah Ta'ala, then they also will never have any loneliness. Or, they rebel against it. They deny it. And then they will end up in the same problem that the person was alone with nafs or alone with sin. With depression and with self-destructive behavior. So the different types of being alone and loneliness can affect anyone and everyone, men, women, young, old, people who are strong on being, people who are weak on being. Understand that. This is something separate. This is just an emotional reality of what it means to be a human, right? Yes, making ourselves strong in being, making our solitude, lillah, fillah, etc., can give us an escape from the loneliness. And then the good company and beneficial company is, again, escape from the loneliness. All right. Now, 
just at the outset, I want to say that the real simple cure, the one way, the way, the, the way to make sure a person, when they're alone, they never feel lonely, is to remember Allah Sponsor. Allah Sponsor that He is with you wherever you are, to remember that, to feel that, to be aware of that. Never be amongst those who forget Allah Sponsor. Remember Allah Sponsor. To remember Allah intensely, deeply, to feel in your heart His presence, His nearness, and to erase from your heart any heedlessness and absent mindedness. This is a cure that when a person is there alone, they will never feel alone. And the second thing is to remember that they have a purpose and mission in life. That their purpose is ibadah, ubudiyah, slavehood, servanthood, worship, submission, obedience, subordination. And they remember they have a higher purpose in life, but they won't feel lonely. They won't feel lonely. And they may not even miss that lack or absence of good company. And there are many stories of the Prophet about how they were alone but not lonely. How they were alone but not truly alone because they knew that Allah was with them. How they were alone that Allah wanted them to be alone. And there are different ways this has happened and different reasons it happened. And we want to illustrate this, inshallah, from the stories of the Anbiya and Sahaba. Uh, from this ummah. And know that, you know, when a person is alone, you know, what happens is when you're alone, your thoughts become your companion. And when you're alone, your heart becomes yours. And that's something that sometimes a person, when they have an absence of zikr, they have to with enough love, and they're left alone with their thoughts, it's frightening. They're left alone with their thoughts, crippling. Because maybe they're random or idle thoughts, or maybe even worse, they're sinful thoughts. When they're left alone with their heart, maybe it's crippling. If that heart has lust or that heart has envy or that heart has something in it, and it can be crippling. But this is why through zikr, when we fill our mind and fill our heart, fill our mind with thoughts of Allah SWT, fill our heart with feelings of Allah SWT, and when we find ourselves alone and therefore alone with thoughts and alone with heart, we don't end up in loneliness, we're not crippled, we don't end up in depression. Because actually when we're alone, we're not alone. And we're alone, we're alone with Allah. Right? Now when a person, why does Allah SWT make a person alone? First reason, uh, generally, is to strengthen a person. And the example of this is when Sayyidina for strength, he went and climbed the hill and went inside the cave in Mount Shira. Now if you think about it, the desert is also an expansive place, the perfect place for reflection and contemplation. But sometimes in the desert you're overwhelmed by the vastness of the desert. And no doubt it helps for insignificance, but it doesn't help a person get that feeling of solitude. So the Bayakarin Sallallahu entered the cave where he felt more of that feeling of solitude. Like the sitting in the Hudra and Ikaf, you feel more of that feeling of solitude. Alright? Why? Because Allah Ta'ala was strengthening the Biyakarim Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and Allah Ta'ala wanted him to be alone to strengthen him. Why? Because for the Zul Awahi, the Zul Nabuwa, for the, for the descent of revelation or for the manifestation of the light of prophethood from the heart and breast of the Biyakarim Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. 
And then another thing that happens when one person is alone for the sake of Allah, when they spend righteous solitude, Allah gives them a righteous companion. So then Allah bestowed upon the Bukharim this beautiful, wonderful, noble companion, Sayyidina Jibreel Imam Imamul Malaika. So actually, Jibreel became the companion of the Prophet in that cave in Mount Hur. And then when the Bukharim later on in his life, also he went alone to Taif. Many of the that there was one Khazan Sahabi with him. There's never any mention of that Sahabi during all the incidents of Taif. So it was another experience. Another experience for Nabi Akareem Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam to strengthen him. To strengthen him. Because it was not an easy thing. Okay, one is being rejected by the elites of your own city. And one is being rejected by random youth. And you know, I was reflecting on this you know, but also someone is in his early, mid, early to mid-40s when he went to life. Like, I'm right now in my early to mid-40s. And, you know, random youth that just knows the law were so mean to him and hostile to him and ran him out of town. And it's hurtful for a person. And always remember for a Nabi, their company and companionship is their ummah. And this is Nabi Akadim, some of us are searching for his ummah. Searching for that company and companionship that can only that a nabi can only have by having an ummah. So imagine the loneliness. Like if somebody's not married, this like it's a certain company I can only get to a spouse. Somebody with children, this is only a certain company I can only have children. An orphan doesn't have parents. This is a certain company you can only get to a parent. But all of that is true. And that for a nabi, salam, is a certain and for Sayyidina there's a certain company that can only be gotten through Ummah. That's why Allah Ta'ala told the Bihikilis to use this word in the Quran, Sahibuku, I'm your companion because I need you and I love your company. This is the way the Bihikilis to Allah Ta'ala Ummah. So the search for the company, search for companions, and then to be faced with such hostility in life, Allah Ta'ala, to strengthen all of this, to strengthen the Bihikilis to Allah Ta'ala and Sayyidina Abu Bakr as when he went for Hijra. Now he wasn't physically alone when he accompanied the Bihakarim because he was with the Prophet But in the mission that he was given, this mission to escort the Prophet safely to Madina Rahim alone in that mission. And when the Bihakarim went to sleep in that cave, Sayyidina Abu was worried. How am I going to pull this off? I'm all alone. And this was a great responsibility placed on his shoulders. And again, Allah was preparing him that once again, you will feel as if you're alone when the be a green will pass away from this world. And at that point, a responsibility will be placed on your shoulder. You'll be made the first Khalifa to Rasul. And Allah explains this beautifully in Quran and Sanam Hidra, Ilhuma Filhar. That when the two of them are in the cave, is Yakulu Then when the Biyakreem Sandalam he told to his companion. So clearly mentioned in Quran that the Biyakreem Sandalasan is the Sahib of the Sahaba and mentioned in Quran that Sina Mubakr is the Sahib of Rasulullah Sundanah. So Sina Sun he told Sina Bakr when he saw in his face and his heart felt in his heart. 
that husband that worry that Sayyidina Abu Bakr had because he had to fulfill and carry this mission all alone. So he told him, La tahzan inna Allah ma'ana. Don't worry. Indeed, know with absolute certainty that Allah SWT is intimately with us. And as soon as Sayyidina Rasulullah sallallahu said this sentence, فَأَنْذَرَ اللَّهُ سَكِينَةُهُ عَلَيْهِ Allah Ta'ala said the Quran that immediately then Allah SWT, immediately thereafter Allah SWT sent down his sakina, his special reassuring peace and tranquility and solace on the heart of Nabi Bakr And then he helped Abu Bakr in fulfilling this mission of escorting the Prophet some state from the enmity of the Kufar with legions and battalions means the angels whom he was unable to see. And so this was a sense of feeling of being alone. And then the reality was that no, you're not alone. Then Sayyidina when she came, she took a first khalwa when she decided to devote her life to Ibadah. Allah mentioned the Qur'an was written in the Kitab, Maryam idin tabadat bin ahliha makanan shafiyya. And remember and recollect in the sacred scripture, Qur'an, the incident and story and narrative of Sayyidina Maryam Vinyatana Anha when she withdrew from all of her family and folks to a place of Ibadah facing the Qibla and the times were the East. And she took seclusion from other than them and away from them. And in this loneliness, when she was alone, there was no loneliness. In this halwa, when she was alone, she had so much izzah. Allah made the Nabi of the time, the Nabi Zakarilah her wakil, her guardian, her caretaker, Allah sent her fruits from off-season. She was given touch and honor. But then later, as the whole story of Surah Maryam narrates, you know, then Allah sent an angel to her, and then she had this pure conception, and she became worried, lest she bring disgrace on her family and her lineage. So then again, she withdrew to a place where she could deliver baby Isa Islam in seclusion. That she gave birth to baby Islam and she adopted a far removed place from the settlement. And then and the child birth pains and pangs overwhelmed her so much that she grabbed onto the trunk of the date palm tree. And she proclaimed that, Oh, I wish I'd died before this happened. I wish I could just be forgotten, erased from this world. And look, this is a different type of being alone. Imagine how she felt now. She was scared. I have a zillah. I'm going to be disgraced. People will accuse me of, of, of inappropriateness. <laughs> no, it was a caller called out from underneath, from below, and said that, do not worry, Allah Indeed, your Rabb has made the stream flow for you beneath. And you should grab the trunk of the date palm tree and drag it towards you. 
to socket a leaky root or bandanilla, and then wet, ripe, fresh dates will fall down upon you. So then again, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, reminding that when you're alone, you're not alone. When you're alone, you're not alone. So this can be one reason. It gives more inspiration, introspection, ferasa, insight, reflection, contemplation. And these were the stories. And then in the case of Sayyidah Hajar, she was alone to get more tawakkul. That Nabi Ibrahim Alayhisam left her all alone in near Baytullah, Makkah Mukarramah, with nothing. We just treated with no rations, no provisions, no water, no food, no guidelines, no guidance, nothing. Completely alone. And when she went from Safa to Marwa, now when she went the first time to Safa and the first time to Marwa, she was looking. After that, why does she keep going? Because she had nothing else to do. And she humbles herself in front of the, I will make use of Asbab, I will run, I will climb, I will climb, I will run. I will keep doing that. And it's a big lesson for us. That, look, sometimes we might find the same way. Like, for example, I'm making use of the stop to try to get taqwa, to try to save you from sin. And I can't, I'm not getting the natija, I'm not getting the result. I make simbula, I make sandals, I pray salat to tomba, I listen to Dian, I try to change, I try to go on umrah, I try to spend good Ramadan. Anything and everything I hear and I learn about how a person can leave their sins, I do it. And I'm not getting the result. So what Ulam Mahajirana teach us that if you don't, you keep doing it. And you say, okay, even if you can clearly see that rationally the result will never happen, keep doing it anyway. Because Allah Ta'ala will make the result happen. And that's what we have to do. We have to keep trying to win the battle on our nafs. Keep running, keep fighting, keep climbing that battle. And eventually Allah Ta'ala will, inshallah Ta'ala, give us the nadija, the result of taqwa. And so this is why Allah wants us to be alone. Like people today, they speak of family time. I need my me time. First people think I need my personal time. And as a couple, we need our own time. Allah makes a personal concern. We need Allah time. We need time with Allah SWT. We need time with Allah SWT. Why? Because sometimes the person just got too many things going on in their life. Too many worries, too many difficulties, too many adversities, too many enmities which cause too much noise and too much static in their life. It causes noise and static in their thoughts and noise and static in their heart. And what happens then is that you can't hear anymore. What can't you hear? Number one, you can't hear yourself. You lose your own identity. And the second is you can't hear the zikr of Allah anymore. Allah sometimes takes the person out of them and makes them alone. They can listen and rediscover their self and their identity, which is what is the Amdav and the Faldah. And they can go into reflection and worship and contemplation and ill and dhikr. They can remember Allah Faldah. They can remember that He is Allah. And they can remember that they are His Amd. So the reason why sometimes Allah makes a person alone. Sometimes Allah makes a person alone so that they escape from the people who are unable to understand them. Like Nabi Ibrahim alayhi salam, initially he did the work of dawah on his people, then on his father, then on the king, but none of them could understand. Allah of them picked him up and made him alone. So if okay, you leave this place, you go to Makkah Mukarramah. What does it mean? You sever, sever the past, disconnect from the present, build a future for yourself, build a new future. 
to worry more Allah or Prakabir or worry about Shishu Darwaz, build the Kaaba. And then be glad that you get the Biyakareen, Sallallahu Alaihi from your progeny. Baitullah, Rasulullah, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. And these things didn't happen in the lifetime of Nabi Ibrahim, the dua he made in the Samarat and it becoming a markaz of Ibadah. These things happened after him. So he lived the rest of his life pretty much alone. Maybe with his sons and etc., but basically alone. Right? And like I told you, for a Nabi to be without an Ummah, that's alone. But then Allah Ta'ala gave him another Ummah. That's so many unbidden jannah anbiya that your Ummah will be the future all of the Anbiya in the future will be from your progeny. Allah Akbar. And then the single greatest Nabi, Sayyidina Rasulullah will be from your progeny. Then the greatest center of Ibadah in the created world, Kaaba Baitullah, will be erected by you. Allah Akbar. Hmm? It's a new start for the future. And sometimes Allah makes a person alone to humble a person so that they realize that their insignificance, that their deen, their deen accomplishments are nothing. Their beyond and their dars and their ilm and all of that is nothing. They are nothing. Allah told the Islam does give that person. Like Sayyidina Kaab ibn Malik, when he didn't participate in a certain battle, and then the Biyakarim, some said he should be alone, so alone that no Sahabi and even the Apostle will not say salam to him and nobody will even respond to his salam. Allah is so alone. So he's humbled and then he finds Allah SWT. And it was his du'as and his tawbah. And, and the whole purpose of the social block and making him alone was to enable that, was to create the conditions for that. And that's sometimes Allah SWT does that. And, and, you know, it's not easy for any one of us to understand why we might find ourselves alone. And you can't self-diagnose and you can't self-prescribe. And that's why we need these Mashaikh who are experts in the hala, ahwal, and the conditions and states of people so they can guide us when we're alone and guide us what to do. And then ultimately the Nathal restores the person to the good company and the pure company and the pious company. Nabi Yusuf was alone for years in that jail, but then Allah restored him to society with Izzah, restored him to his parents with Izzah, restored him, in, him to his siblings and his siblings to him with Izzah. Sayyidina Salman al Farsi traveled the world alone in search for deen, such that he left his family, his relatives, his community, his country, his religion, his culture, his civilization, such that he even became enslaved. But Allah restored him to the Ummah and giving companions with the Sahaba Akram. And even someone said it was a good incident. One incident, the Sahaba Akram were having a Muqabala and the Muhajir, Muhajirun, the migrants, they said, that's Saman Minna, that's Saman Minna, that's from us. Amtar said, no, 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 Saman Minna, that's Saman is from us. And the Biyah Kareem, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, he stepped in and said, no, Saman Minna, he's from Ahl Bayt. He said, the true understanding that Ahl Bayt is just the progeny and family. And many of the Nabiya Kareem, some of them, some of the Ahl Bayt is equally also this. He got such Izza, but first he had to be alone and search for Allah while he was alone. He find Allah while he was alone. And this is what happened to Umm Mu'mineen Sayyidina Aisha also in the instance of Isk, when she was accused. What happened? She wanted to create Izzat and status in society. 
the daughter of Abu Bakr, the noble and blessed wife of Nabiya Karim, to a woman whose very chastity was being questioned in the community. Allah first, what did she do? She, she did halwa. She went along and said, I won't talk to anybody. I won't present my innocence. I won't plead my case. I offer no defense, not even to my husband, Nabiya Karim, not even to my father, Khalwa Ijidit Bahamatun Muslim to make her Allah just to make her firm, to give her that yakin, that tawakkul, and then Allah Ta'ala proclaimed her innocence in Quran and Kareem. That all of this is about how we should be alone in a good way, the good solitude and the good company. And next week inshallah we talk about good company. And this week is about the good solitude. And we just want to end with one dua that was offered by Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam the way back from Taif. And that dua, we hold on to that dua steadfast to its wordings and to its meanings and feelings. And inshallah, in every solitude, in the good solitude. And what was that dua? Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa dua. Allahumma ilayka ashku wa'fakumbati wa kinna tahimati wa hawani al-nas. That Allah responds, only to you that I can present the absolute weakness in my strength and the absolute absence of any, my helplessness, my utter absolute helplessness and my loneliness in front of humanity. Ya Rahman Rahimin, Anta Rabbul Musbaz Afin, Anta Rabbi, Ina Man Takilni, Ina Ba'idin, Ita Jahammuni, Am Ila Aduman, Malak Abu Amri, that all Alhamdulillah Rahimin, the merciful of the merciful ones, you are the love of the weakest of ones, and you admire them also. To whom have you entrusted my matter, Ya Allah? To obey some far unknown stranger who is being hostile, you the people of science who are being hostile and any towards me, or to some enemy that you have granted the mastery over my affair. In Bani Yakum, Dika, Alayya Razabun, Fara Ubali, Walakin, Ati Yasika, Ya Osa Ubi. Ya Rabb, as long, I care not for any of this, as long as you are not angry with me. But your Afiya, but your Af, but your pardoning and gentle, kind compassion would be also would be even more broad and comforting for me. A'udhu bilunwi wajjikal ladhi ashakat lahum dhulamat. You are my seek refuge in the radiant expression of your pleasure, through which all darknesses, injustice, sadness, loneliness become extinguished and become rather illuminated and radiant. And that all of the matters and affairs of this world and the next are rightly are rectified and put right. I seek virtue that you ever, ever send your wrath upon me. Or that your wrath should ever become halal upon me. That, Ya Allah, it is to you to reproach in me as long until you are pleased. And there is no resource, ability I have, and no power and strength that I have in the except with you, Allah subhanahu you can put me through any and everything as long as ultimately you are pleased with me. So we should remember this. That when we're alone, we're never lonely. And to make all of our halwa, lillah, shillah, and to use that being alone in solitude to get the yakin and tawakkul and qurb and marfat of Allah, may Allah grant us 
pious solitude. And may he grant us pious company. May he protect us from every sadness and loneliness. May he protect us from all evil and bad company. And may he protect us from the company of the nafs. Wa akhirna'wana. And alhamdulillah. Hiram bin Alameen.